Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program. It is Monday, December 14th, 2020. And we are back talking some hockey. We got some big news. Hockey is coming back sooner than later. Exciting stuff going on. Quick little hit here with myself, Sean Cuthbert, and Christian Arnold. Going to talk a little Isles as well. Welcome to the program. Christian, how you doing, man? How are you? I'm good, Sean. We actually have some legitimate hockey to talk about and an actual date that we think it'll start. So that's exciting. It's exciting times indeed, because I guess for a short bit of time, due to some, I guess, labor squabbles, if you want to call it that, it looked like there might be a reason to be scared that there might not be hockey at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's definitely it's a great sign that the you know, I think both sides kind of figured that they need to get this done. And while there are certain, certainly seemed like a set of owners that didn't want to, didn't want to play. I think ultimately the, um, you know, right side won out in the fact that they need to play this year. There's no way fans are, you know, buts are about it. So I think everyone kind of realized this season needs to happen in some, some form or, or another. This is not the NBA. This is not the NFL. This is not major league baseball. The NHL can't afford to not play. And uh, I think everyone kind of realized that at the right time. So, you know, we're seeing we're seeing a, a full push to, to get things going. Yeah, I agree with you there. Uh, they need money, and that's the bottom line. But before we <laughs> dive into things, just want to remind everybody, we are sponsored by the Great Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. You can head on over for great food, great people, great Islander fans, always doing great stuff over there, and just wanted to touch on the work that they do over there, Donnie and, and company with the community, and most recently he helped out with the Islanders doing a Toys for Tots drive over at the Northwell Ice Center on Saturday. Once again, Donnie and Blue Line helping out in the community, so just want to give them a big shout-out and uh, a big thanks to them for being involved and, and helping out the kids during the uh, the holiday season. And also want to send a big thanks out to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800. They are from Long Island, and they are huge Islander fans. Happy to have them part of the squad here with Hockey Night in New York. So, Christian, with that, Let's get back to it. Hockey's coming back. We have a target date of January 13th, although that does sound like it could be fluid, maybe give or take a couple of days, maybe at worst a couple of weeks. The league and the PA are still finalizing details on their agreement, I guess, on just how it's going to happen and maybe some behind the scenes on you know final discussions on whatever that, that money squabble was. And we might be looking at a 15-game schedule. Uh, sorry, 56-game schedule. And some new alignment with the division. So let's dive into that, buddy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, you know, I think the the league is the league and the PA, you know, kind of fully said through through different channels that they're not, you know, the financials are not an issue. But I, I mean, they do obviously have some work to do with the COVID protocols. Obviously, with a decision about where these games are going to take place and um, if there's going to be hub cities or some facsimile of that, or these teams will be playing in there their home rinks, then if they're going to play in their home rinks, then it comes down to is everyone is which cities are going to have fans in them? Is everyone just not going to have fans in them? Are you going to see like what they did with major league baseball um, where across the board, they don't have fans or how it is in the NFL. And and what I presume will be what it's like in the NBA where um, they are having fans in some cities, but not others. And in the Islanders case, there likely will not be fans at least to start the year. And considering the circumstances, uh, it'd be hard to imagine fans being in the building really until, uh, you know, uh, a couple months from now or after the start of the season. So there are a lot of parameters and obviously the, the protocols, what's the, um, you know, how, how are they going to testing? How's testing going to work? And then of course, how are you going to, um, police the players actions and make sure that they are, they're kept in a, in a reasonable safe, uh, space from other people and, um, so that there isn't, isn't, you know, these massive outbreaks, which we've seen in 
in other leagues and other sports trying to attempt to get their seasons going. So, you know, the, the fact that they're, they're, you know, confident that they can get some sort of deal done by the end of the week is, is exciting. And you want to hope that they get that done so that the owners and the players association association can sign off and we can, you know, really get to the nuts and bolts and just say, Hey, this is, this is happening for the Islanders too. Um, you know, a huge thing in just getting a finalized start date, because that I think is really going to be the precipice for, some actual movement when it comes to Matt Barzal and then subsequently Matt, uh, Matt Martin, the uh, Andy Green contract, Corey Schneider contract, all of which we kind of assume are pretty much done deals. They've just been waiting to sign because ultimately it's going to be Matt Barzal that kind of dictates how the rest of that stuff goes. And then that'll be the first shoe to drop before the other, you know, sort of little pieces go. So there's a lot of things to still hammer out for the, for the league and the players association, but everything seems to be set on track for this to start on January 13th, which, uh, you know, I think for, with everything that's going on, that couldn't be a more exciting prospect, uh, you know, for hockey fans and sports fans. Yeah, no doubt about it. And like you said about the Islanders, I imagine once this stuff is, is put more in place, what's it, once it's actually clear, we might see some dominoes fall as far as some roster moves and stuff like that. But just going back to what you were talking about with the, the league actually coming back, are we at a point where we know – where the teams are going to be playing. Like, is, is the whole idea of, of hub cities even still in the picture? Are we going to be doing the home arenas? Or are, we, or are we still unsure about that stuff? Yeah, I think everything is still up in the air. Um, you know, I think when you look at what's going on in the country and the rest of the world right now, that it, it's tough to say. And I think that the league is kind of trying to figure that out and what the best possible solution is. Uh, everything's kind of fluid where, you know, we could see these teams start in some sort of, uh, adjusted bubble, not as strict as what we saw during the playoffs, but something to, to that extent or to a lesser extent, I should say, um, where these teams are starting in hub cities. You know, it's, it's a little bit unclear. Uh, just, I know that I know the model or the, what the preferred, uh, situation for the owner's standpoint, especially for the ones that are in markets that are allowing a certain amount of fans to be in these buildings is that they want to play in their home rinks, but, um, you know, that's kind of, uh, it's also up in the air. Again, when you look at in New York, for instance, with the rising COVID cases across New York City, um, Long Island, where the Islanders play, obviously Manhattan is where the New York Rangers play, uh, upstate New York in the Buffalo region, you know, those big cities are also starting to see increases in COVID cases. So um, it, it'll certainly be interesting to see what the responses from the state governments as to what will still be allowed. Um, you know, we're seeing the NBA go full steam ahead with their plan, and I, I would use that as a, as a basis for what we can expect from the NHL, that as long as those state governments aren't putting any sort of restrictions, the NHL is going to try their hardest to get teams to play in their home rinks. And I know uh, when I reported it last week, um, you know, when I had reached out to the New York, the, the Governor Cuomo's office, and they redirected uh, a comment from the New York State Department of Health that they had indeed started to discuss these these plans that are being trying to be put in place with the national hockey league, as well as the three teams that are in the, in the New York state area, the Buffalo Sabres, the New York Rangers, the New York Islanders, obviously the devils are in the tri-state area, but they play across the river in, in New Jersey. So they abide by a different set of circumstances and, and guidelines. But, um, you know, it seems like the state agencies are involved, obviously from what we've seen reported from other sources and other outlets that, the Islanders and Nassau Coliseum seem to be preparing for a season to be played there on Long Island at the Coliseum. So um, for now, I think the, prefer the preferable choice is playing at these home rings. And I think what these teams are planning for is to play at these home rings. But at the end of the day, uh, certainly like we've seen with everything else, COVID is really going to be the deciding factor in how these things um, play out in the real world as far as to what's going to happen and what's going to impact the NHL's attempt to restart the season or to start a season uh, coming up here in, you know, a little under, we've, you know, we're basically a month away now, a little under yeah. a month away now. Yeah, I'm very interested to see just what all the, the finer details of this return is going to entail. And it's going to be a bigger, just a bigger project overall. I mean, for the obvious reasons, like more teams being involved, but now not doing the bubbles and there's going to be so many more logistics involved as far as, you know, teams traveling and, and they're not going to be on as, as much of a lockdown, so to speak, where they're going to be a little more free to travel, free to do their own thing. So we're really going to see how disciplined, I guess, these players and staffs are when they finally, you know, get put in these positions when they're playing, you know, whether it's just in division or what have you. 
But as far as finding out the answers to these questions, has there have there been any hints out there about when we might actually get some kind of announcement with with these formal details? Yeah, I think a lot of the reporting, uh, you know, from from the insiders, you know, the Elliot Fried, Elliot Friedman's and you know Darren Draggers and Frank Saravelli's. Uh, who, who are obviously very much in contact with sources within the league office is that uh, it, it appears that they're aiming for some sort of agreement, some sort of vote by the end of the week, which, I mean, like I said, we're less than a month away now. And, uh, you know, you really got to get the ball rolling if you want to have training camps open, you know, within the next couple of weeks. So certainly the, the crunch is on to, to get this done. And it seems like that's, that's the case. They, want to get something done in place by the end of the week and, and be ready to go. It'll, it'll certainly be interesting. And, and you're right. I mean, when you think about it, the discipline and the, um, you know, resolve that the players and these teams and the staffs have about, you know, getting this season done and, and doing it in a safe manner will certainly be uh, tested. I think the one good thing, at least for, you know, the teams in the Northeast, it, the way the division was realigned, and there's still a chance that that could change too. But what we've seen reported, um, you know, the one nice thing is that the Islanders, as well as the teams that are in the Northeast, really don't have to travel too crazy because they'll be con- kind of, at least from what I would understand, that the w- this is going to play out is they're going to be really confined just to the Northeast. And so you kind of limit that traveling to these other areas there. Maybe COVID is, is a little more prevalent or maybe the restrictions aren't as uh, stringent as they are in certain certain other areas. So um, certainly at least for the Islanders sake and, and as well as the other teams that play in this, this kind of Northeast division or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, it, it'll be, it'll be a different, it'll definitely be different. That's for sure. I mean, um, but I'm sure that they're not going to complain about the, the travel cause it's not, it's not going to be anywhere <laughs> as arduous as, as I'm sure they're used to at this point. I mean, you could make an argument that they could almost stay away from planes altogether in that division. Just hop on the bus. <laughs> yeah, you really could. I mean, I mean, let, let's be honest though. No one really is going to want to jump on a bus and <laughs> seven hour bus ride to Buffalo. The team bus, um, buddy. <laughs> oh boy, that'd be brutal. I mean, I've done that car ride last year to cover the cover the Islanders Sabres game up there, and, it's and while I, I I enjoy driving <laughs> seven hours in the car to Buffalo, New York, uh, you know, in the, in the middle of winter is not a fun trip by any stretch of the imagination. So um, <laughs> maybe I don't know if they'll be taking a bus, but maybe certainly not. it. it it, it certainly gives them a bit more of uh, you know back a, to the junior and the AHL days, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's some ECHL kind of right out of slap shot thought right there. Exactly. But it certainly the, the the closeness definitely makes that a little more tolerable, and and I'm sure it helps everybody in the sense that you know as much as we like to imagine with these guys being pro athletes and the way they travel, um, which is much nicer than any of us travel on a regular basis, it's still. It's still a pretty wear and tear on your body and, and mentally sure. and emotionally. And, yeah. um, you know, that's a lot of travel to do during the season. So it certainly is going to help in that aspect, which, um, you know, I'm sure they're, they're excited about, but it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see the way, the way this plays out. And, um, certainly these divisions are going to be, going to be really interesting. And, yes. uh, it's, it's exciting. I mean, if you're a hockey fan, I think this is exciting because the, the rivalries come back for sure especially with the proximity and the number of games that these teams are going to play each other during during what's going to be, quote-unquote, the regular season. Yes, and that's exactly what I want to dive into now, is just look, taking a look at these divisions, particularly the one that the Islanders play in, of course, uh, from a comp- competitive standpoint, just to Ooh. see what may come of it. I mean, looking at this list here, Boston, Buffalo, Jersey, Islanders, Rangers, Philly, at Pittsburgh, and Washington as of now, unless there is a change like you alluded to, and I'm going to say at first glance, that's probably the toughest division in the league. What do you think? I, I think so. I mean, I, I wrote about it the other day. I think while taking out Carolina and Columbus from the equation is a good thing for the Islanders because those teams usually play the Islanders pretty hard. That's and and historically, Carolina has always had the Islanders number. Going, you know, Obviously, there was the playoff sweep a couple of years ago. And just then just the regular season matchup, it, it was almost kind of a a good thing that the Islanders got moved away from the Carolina Hurricanes. But then you add the Boston Bruins, yeah. to the mix, which is just, um, you know, we were talking with Jimmy Murphy, you know, the last show we did. Right. And, and you, I kind of, I had to chuckle a little bit when he was talking about how, you know, how great some of these Islander Sabre, uh, Islander, <laughs> right. Islander Bruins games were. And, um, well, they're definitely, you know, going back and researching some stuff for the story there, there were some good close games, but, 
there are a lot of stinkers too that that the Islanders did not come out on the on the better end of. So you look at especially that last game, that February 29th game. Uh, you know, the Bush going Jersey retirement, Governor Cuomo's in the building for the Nassau Coliseum announcement. That, that you know, everything kind of gets lost in two. And it's kind of funny when you think about it, maybe not ha-ha funny, but certainly um, ironic in a way that that was really when, um, you know, COVID started to get bad, too, is that that right around that date, too, when yeah. Governor Cuomo was actually there. And they, I think they he announced at the building that um, the state was now had been approved to start testing through state labs for the, the virus. So certainly a lot of interesting factoids that connect to it. But you remember that game. It wasn't a great game. Um, <laughs> no, and it was, it was a not. highlight. <laughs> it was a highlight of, A, just how tough the Boston Bruins are. Yeah. And, B, um, you know, how much better they look sometimes than the New York Islanders. And you look back historically, the Bruins, the Bruins, I mean, have, have certainly had the Islanders number over the course of the last couple of years. So you put yeah. Boston into that division. Matchup. Oh my God. It's, it's brutal. Yeah. Uh, you know, you put Boston into that, into that division. They've had the last three years, 100 or more points in the regular season. They've finished in the, you know, one or two and then, in, uh, in their division, uh, the last couple of years as well. So, you know, that's already a tough division that the Islanders played in, you know, with, with Pittsburgh, with Washington, with you know Philadelphia, and the Rangers—they're um, going to be better the Rangers, this year. Uh, the Rangers will be better. I don't, you know, they'll they'll certainly. I mean, they're Buffalo certainly will be better were, too. Were good last year. Uh, I mean, Buffalo. Listen, I'm not Buffalo, saying Buffalo, playoff Buffalo better Buffalo here. Be I'm better. just saying better. Buffalo will be better. Uh, I mean, I'm saying they might be, be able to chip away some points from your standings. There, you know, <laughs> the Devils. The Devils are going to be better too. That doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, you know, I look at those those teams Everyone's in the same light as I do. Right. Exactly. I don't necessarily know if I look at those two teams in the same light as I do, you know, the Bruins, the Flyers, the Capitals, even the Penguins. Still no, the there's definitely a, a divide. I mean, I think there's a drop off. I, look, I think you got the, you got a top, maybe a distinct top four. Or so in Boston Islanders, not in, in no particular order, Washington, Philly and Pittsburgh. So what's that five? And then you have the Rangers, and then maybe you know Buffalo and Jersey, and you can you know scrabble them however you want. But I, I don't. There's no pushovers. I mean, maybe depending on what Buff, you know the chemistry with these new guys at Buffalo got, and and I mean Jersey's probably going to be down in the dump still. But I don't think there's any real pushover. I think they're going to be fighting for every point. And just doing the math with seven other teams in your division, you talk about rivalries, buddy. They're going to be playing these teams eight times, assuming there's going yeah. to be no out-of-division play, which it sounds like there won't be. So right. this can really dial up the you know, the heat <laughs> between these teams. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Absolutely. And, I mean, I, 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 that's the thing. Like, you're you're reigniting these, A, in, in this Northeast bubble or division or whatever you want to call it, um, you're kind of reigniting that original six rivalry between the New York Rangers and the and the Boston Bruins. You have Philadelphia and Pittsburgh, which that you know already great rivalries is going to get heightened more. And then you have the Islanders, who are you know obviously they rivals with the New York Rangers, the rivals with the Pittsburgh Penguins, rivals with the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, and then you kind of maybe add some more fuel to the fire between you know with matchups against New Jersey. Um, and yeah. Games against Boston are certainly going to be, I, I would hope, more competitive from an Islander standpoint. Um, you know, we've seen them play well. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, harken back to that February 29th game, but there was also a very good game that these, those two teams played at the Barclays Center a couple weeks before that in January um, that went to overtime. And I think it was, I think it was a 3 2 game or something like that, but that was a great game too. So, uh, uh, you know, kind of to, to, go to the other way with what I was saying about the Bruins. They've also had some very good games that the, these two teams have played between the Islanders yeah. and the Bruins. So that'll be fun to see. Absolutely. Uh, so it's certainly, it certainly is exciting from if you're a hockey fan and, and from a, even just kind of from a neutral standpoint, because there's going to be a lot of good games. Um, and the fact that they're going to kind of reignite the rivalry between some of these teams where maybe it's gone a little bit more dormant um, is a good thing. And especially I can't imagine that there's one team in that division that's going to have any fans in their building. Um, so I would have yeah. to imagine just by reigniting that spark and reigniting that rivalry, it definitely makes up for some of the the lack of atmosphere that they're going to have. Because again, you look at some of where the you know the COVID numbers are going up across the state and especially in this region of the country. So you certainly have to imagine that there 
the guidelines and the, you know things that are shutting down and things that are you know really being regulated strictly. Um, it's just not going to be in the cards for those teams to get fans to the building again right away. You would hope that you know by the time we hit playoffs, where you know we're talking about having um, you know closer to capacity than than you know further away. But I mean, even just a couple thousand fans would be yeah. I mean, a huge step in the right direction, especially for for these teams that. Um, you know, in a league that's so dr- uh, gate driven, it's so, yeah. so, so, so important that they have people paying um, and buying concessions and parking their cars and paying for parking and stuff like that. So, yeah. um, you know, for the league's financial health, that, that would be a huge thing. Well, look, the Islander sales department is operating as if some fans could end up in the building at some point. They're at least prepared for it. They're at least communicating with potential ticket holders and fans in the event that, you know, maybe... Governor Cuomo one day says, all right, 25% at sporting events or whatever the case may be. So even though it's not looking too good now, maybe over time and maybe coupled with this vaccine that's coming in now, we might be able to see some fans in the building. But that remains to be seen. And Christian, I think we should just uh, sneak in a little break right here. And then we'll come back. So, folks, I want to thank you so much for hanging with us on this Monday night. For tuning in at HockeyNightNY.com for live shows and the archives. We'll be right back. Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. 7800 or visit them on the web at tietechnology.com that's tie t-i-e technology.com tie technology the right choice for your internet phone service the only thing better than a great long island deli is a great long island deli run by diehard islander fans blue line deli and bagels located at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington will make any islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and isles decor Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels, along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying... Yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert, myself, and Christian Arnold himself. Thanks for hanging out with us. We are talking return to play for the NHL. We're talking what's going on with the Isles. We're going to dive into that in just a little bit because not only is there league news, there is also a little bit of Isles news, but... Christian, let's put a bow on the the discussion of the return to play, and then we'll talk some aisles. Obviously, exciting stuff with these divisions. We just talked about, you know, maybe some some heat between the Islanders, the Bruins, Buffalo coming in, and I don't know, maybe you see a little more uh, Ross Johnson in, the, in on the roster as as a result of things start getting heated. You know what I'm saying? Could be interesting. Certainly, certainly the time for Ross, the boss, to get into the lineup. I guess you could say um, it'll be interesting. I mean. I, I, I just to tr- I, I guess we're gonna I'll transition a little bit away more towards the Isles roster, but it's certainly it's certainly an interesting what, dynamic because you have to imagine that these coaching staffs when they are, when they're putting together their rosters for opening night and going forward that that's going to be taken into account. Yeah, um, you know these games are basically you're, you know you're playing teams eight times now eight times a season right at least for this year or just for this year I should say. Yeah, um, it's certainly going to make those games feel a lot more. 
um, vicious, you can say, especially after playing, you know, again, you're rotating between such a small group of teams. Uh, and, so, you know, there's, there's not a lot of difference between the last time you saw, or it's not all the time, I should say, between the last time well, you saw them. Also, take into consideration, the, they're toying around with the idea of doing that baseball style stuff, yeah. right? Where they do maybe three games in one spot. And then maybe by game two or three, all of a sudden, you know, the tempers start to flare. You know? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't not, I don't hate that idea either. I don't. Um, I don't hate that idea this year. I don't know if I particularly like it under normal circumstances. Sure. Because I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't necessarily like it as a uh, you know hard and fast rule for for Major League Baseball. Um, so I, I don't necessarily know if I'd like it in hockey, especially with the schedule the way it is. Um, you know, I'd rather see those games broken up a little bit more because. Um, you know, I just think it, it makes the, the season more interesting than kind of getting bogged down with the same team. And it, and it saves, I don't want to say it saves that specialness, but it certainly, it certainly keeps uh, something, it keeps something special during the postseason where, where, you know, you're as a team, you're playing the same team, right. you know, sure. six or seven times or, you know, potentially seven games, uh, in a ser- in a series. So I, I think this year it works. I don't, I don't think, I think it's smart, um, you know, just for, you know, health and safety and not having to travel as much as you would under the other circumstances. So I think this year that works and I'm, I'm fine with it, but I, you know, let's not make it a habit. Yeah, sure. And look, like we said, with the playoffs return to play last season, I mean, this isn't, even though obviously circumstances are far from ideal, it, it affords the opportunity to, to do something different and have a little fun and, and just see, how it plays out and what comes of it comes of it. I mean, even with with those playoffs, we were we, you know we were excited hockey was back, but we still weren't sure how it was going to go, what what brand of hockey we were going to see, and I think it ended up just being aces all around. And so now we get to see something different this time. You know, whether it's you know the baseball style stuff, or you know maybe they'll do some home and home stuff. I don't. We don't know. We don't know how we're going to do that. But but uh, it is it is exciting that we can just see something different. And something away from the norm of, of that every year eighty two game season. Yeah, no, I mean, and 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 that's the thing too. Like you look back at the playoffs, and as chaotic, crazy, and weird as it was to see hockey and hockey in, in August and um, these playing rounds, it worked for the circumstances that the league found itself in. So I think you kind of apply, apply that same standard to this fifty six game schedule that we're going to see where. You know, you just got to make do with it. You got to make the best of the situation. I, I think that is exactly what you're saying, and I, you know, I couldn't agree more. And I hate the fact that I have to say that, but it's true, buddy. I mean, sometimes I come up with some brilliant shit. What can I tell you? Well, I mean, you didn't come up with the, <laughs> no. the National Hockey League and the Players Association came up. You're just you're just saying that they should do it. Right, right. Maybe I shouldn't take as much credit as I did. Maybe I should dial yeah, that back a little bit. You should, yeah. shouldn't take any credit. Eh, maybe a little. Because here we are. <laughs> we, we are here. <laughs> We're doing it. All right, so we'll, we'll round out a last question or two for you on this return, and then we'll dive into the aisles. Has there been any inkling of you know when they actually want to end the season and perhaps – how they might do the playoff formatting? Is it going to be strictly like maybe the top four teams from each division? And I assume they're going to they'll obviously do best of seven because they did it with the return after the uh, the intro round, if you will, that special round that started. But um, do we have any <laughs> more answers? Round. Yeah, the playing round. round. Yes. Do we have any more answers as far as as far as that stuff goes, like season end mm. and playoffs? Not that I've seen. I'm, you know, I'm sure they're still hammering out those details, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine the idea is that they're going to play some sort of facsimile of, a, of what, you, what we'd almost consider a normal regular season, just shortened, um, similar to what we had in you know 2013 during the lockout or you know the lockout shortened season. Yeah. Um, but I can't imagine the playoffs are going to change much. Agreed. Um, you know, they, obviously they want to get things done before the Summer Olympics, which are you know scheduled to take place later this year. And they don't want to, you know, overrun with that. Obviously, the biggest thing is because their television rights partner, NBC Sports and NBC, um, you know, they broadcast the Olympics. So you have to imagine that NBC is going to prioritize the Olympics and they're certainly not going to want to have to deal with the Stanley Cup playoffs taking place yeah. while the Olympics are going on or right. maybe Stanley right. Cup final, which, which would be the case. So the league is obviously aiming to, to make sure that the season is done, Stanley Cup uh, included. 
by the time the summer Olympics start, uh, what is that? I guess June, July. I actually don't remember when the Olympics take place. Right. I think it might be July, but I'm going to be just as, as a little less confident as you are. As far as that goes, I'm not sure. I think it's July, but your, your, your lack of sports knowledge outside of hockey is surprisingly terrifying. So I don't, I, don't even, I, I, don't, I am a hundred percent comfortable anymore. with it. I am fine with it. Hockey's the only thing that matters to me, man. I don't care about I, I the know. other stuff. Yeah, I know. As I said to that one Twitter person, not to waste his New York Jets references because <laughs> they're just going to go Twitter right person. over your head. <laughs> I forget the guy's name, but he, on Saturday he tweeted it. Yes, yes. That, the Jets reference just totally went over your head. No, no, it was Winnipeg. He was talking about Winnipeg. Yeah. It was 100% not, but okay. Yeah. All right, moving on. <laughs> so the last the last thing I'll say about that is I don't think we're going to see any interconference or sorry interdivision wild card situation. You're probably going to have no. to get through your division to get to the conference final. I think they'll just keep it nice and neat, four teams from each division, and they'll just have to go through the brackets that way. And the NHL will be happy because they get their brackets back, no reseeding. Right? They love that right. whole bracket challenge at the end of the regular season. So, Christian, unless you got anything else on all that stuff, let's move it on to the Isles. What do you say? Yes, let's do it. Okay. So, a little bit of Isles news recently. We have a trade to announce, or it's been announced already, but to acknowledge on this show a, a, a minor deal with the Detroit Red Wings. You have a fellow, but what's, what is this guy's name? Dimitro Timoshov was, was dealt to the Islanders for future considerations, former fifth-round draft pick. I saw Steve Dangle up in Toronto had a couple of decent things to say about him. Maybe this guy has a chance at cracking maybe a a bottom six, bottom three role somewhere. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly, from from what I understand and what we've seen people kind of say since the announcement of the deal, um, you know, there seems to be something that, that's intriguing about him. Um, you know, obviously he's, uh, he's a guy that the Islanders are bringing in because of depth, Lou obviously knows him. Lou Lamorello obviously has has some knowledge of him from his time in Toronto, right? And um, you know he must have liked something to to kind of go out and make that deal. Obviously, it really doesn't cost the Islanders much. He's also still he's also a restricted free agent. Um, so what they're getting basically, I guess, is are his rights, um, so that you know they can work out a deal and whatnot. So yeah, but certainly you know it seems like it comes across as a depth move that with a lot of upside if if things can go right, and certainly someone that can. Um, you know, kind of play that, you know, I guess bottom six role if they, if they need him to be, or if they, you know, he comes in and he has a really great camp and certainly can kind of give the, uh, you know, the rest of that, that roster a little bit of a run for their money and, and make that a bit more of a competition instead of, uh, you know, you know, more of something that's, uh, almost set in stone before you even start training camp, which, you know, sometimes just works out well for, for coaches and general managers because, you know, it, it kind of lights a little bit of fire under certain guys who maybe assumed right. that their spot was locked up already. And now, you know, here comes this kid and he's going to be a, a little bit of, of uh, you know, a pest and a bug and, and make the guy really earn his spot. So um, certainly, certainly uh, seems to be a pretty solid depth pool for the Allens to, to bring in a guy, not, not a huge cost to them. Well, literally nothing at this point. I mean, you know, it's funny. You see these trades that say future considerations, and it's like, when when was that ever paid off? You know, when were those considerations ever taken care of? You know, I mean, I think it's rarely, at least you rarely see it. Maybe behind the scenes there's some sort of acknowledgement, like there's a deal down the road, and, and it kind of harkens, it goes back to, to one of those deals. But, like, you see these future considerations, and you're like, yeah, when's that going to happen? Yeah, it, it, it is always it always, always kind of a, an oddity to me, you know. And also, you know, I almost feel like if you're the player going in deal, it, it almost seems a little bit like a, a slap in the face because right. <laughs> yeah. the team that's trading you basically said, well, you know, we'll, we'll figure this out later. You know, you, you <laughs> right. can have them, you but we'll, have we'll them. figure it out. Right. Right. Yeah. So it, it certainly um, has that weird connotation to it, but I'm sure, I'm sure, you know, it, nothing was really meant uh, by it, by the way that the deal was handled. Yeah. But certainly, so again, you know, a good solid depth move by the Islanders and, and someone that uh, Lou Lemerels clearly saw something in from his time in Toronto with. Did you ever see Semi Pro with Will Farrell? Of course I did. Yeah. Of so, I did. so what's worse, getting traded for future considerations, or if you're Woody Harrelson's character, getting traded for I think it was a dishwasher or a washing machine? <laughs> I think it was a washing machine in Semi Pro. Yeah, that's probably worse. Machine. 
Maybe I'd rather um, go for nothing than a washing machine. Yeah, that's a real that's a real kick in the kick in the groin. Yeah, yeah, that was a great movie. That was funny. It's funny stuff. Oh, phenomenal movie! Phenomenal classic Will Ferrell movie. Yeah. Well, look, you're agreeing with me again. How about that? What can I say? I have great taste in movies, and you. Uh, I set you up. I set you up. Well, all right. Let's calm down. Here. <laughs> let's calm down. All right. All right. So you know, maybe maybe. Dimitro can fill one of those utility roles that we've seen a guy like Leo Komarov or Thomas Kunakl fill because I don't see any indication that Kunakl's coming back for one, at least at this point. And Komarov might be one of those contracts you see getting buried if the Islanders still need to maneuver some some salary, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that third line, I think we've talked about it a lot yeah. um, during the offseason. Is is going to be one of the more fascinating aspects of the team going forward next year because it's kind of the really it's really honestly the only spot that um, there are question marks of who's going to be there because you look yeah. at the rest of the lineup, you know you're not tinkering with the fourth line and with yeah. cases. Well, I'm even saying as an extra forward, and, maybe not even getting into the regular rotation. You know, just the guy who's there when the, when the injury hits or if, if Barry wants to get another look. You know. Oh, absolutely. That's that's true too. But I mean, you have to. I think you have to consider that. You know, considering the kind of fluidity to that to that that line. Sure. You know, a- anything's kind of on the table. Um. You know, I, you know, you look at you know Oliver Wallstrom. He, you know, you, you could be looking at him getting on that line because you know there the Islanders certainly do need some scoring and some scoring help and technically you know he's he's a guy that comes with some scoring prowess maybe wasn't there right off the bat in bridgeports but certainly had a bit of uh you know a kind of a a renaissance there in the second half of the season with the sound tigers and, and he started to get it together and also you know a guy that's coming coming back from from playing overseas so certainly another good sign that the season you know is, is kind of on the horizon there but but there are a lot of unknowns about that that third line and they'll be interested to see there's certainly it's certainly not crazy to to suggest that that even just the players that the Islanders that you know they get in the trade um, could compete for a roster spot or compete for that third line right out of the bat if they have a good camp. Yeah, and that's definitely certainly the biggest question mark remaining on this roster. If we're going to assume about the only question mark, I think. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Everywhere else, you can kind of make make some pretty educated guesses on what might happen. That's true. Unless, which is something I wanted to get into a little bit later, was just if there is any remote possibility of still bringing in something from the outside, maybe of a, a more substantial player or, or a more um, you know uh, experienced player in the league, if they want to try to you know pad the the offensive uh, firepower that they have or they lack on this team, but. We'll see what happens with Timishov. You know, I never heard <laughs> I never heard of the guy until the trade was made. So hey, if he becomes anything, if he ends up, you know, adding something to this team and, and contributing, that's great. If not, you know, he plays in Bridgeport. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So. There, there's no real there's no real downside to it. Right. And um I mean as far as the other point with the idea that the Islanders are gonna go out and bring someone else from the outside, I, I don't know. Um, I think right now it's hard to imagine just because of how tight the cap situation is, even with, you know, Johnny Boychuk, six million eventually coming off the books or staying in the owners, being able to just use that money if he's on LTIR or coming off the books if he actually just retires. Um, So, you know, even with that, it still makes things pretty, pretty tight considering the circumstances, even even if you get. Um, you know Matthew Barzal at a right. at a reasonable uh, you know AAV, so it, it'll be interesting to see that play out. But certainly, uh, you know, thinking about some of the guys that are still on the market. I mean, we've had this conversation before about for sure. You know, my sure. my intrigue about Anthony Duclair and, and him being on the Islanders roster and, and potentially yeah. getting him at a at a, a discount or rate or a more of a bargain rate. But even at that, uh, you know, because of the cash situation, I don't really know if that's something that you know Lou Lamarell wants to do and and put the team in an even tougher bind. It really comes down to what happens with Andrew Ladd. It really does. Yes. If, if yes. they put him on LTIR, figure something out with him, if they can cast him off somewhere, then then you got some some interesting room to, to wiggle with. You know, Even though there's still some contracts to look at next year, but you know you got Bavillier coming up as an RFA and whatnot. But yep. I think if Ladd ends up on LTIR or, or otherwise, then maybe Lou has something else up his sleeve to add to this team but if he 
if he sticks with the team or, you know, as a, as a filler guy, as an extra guy, or if they bump him down to Bridgeport, you're only getting, what, a million plus a little bit more. And that right. really doesn't afford them any room. I mean, you know, I mentioned Komarov's name. You still have Hickey in the mix. You figure he's still he's probably going to go back down to Bridgeport. That's another million or so off. But it's not going to be enough to add anybody with a name. It is interesting that, that Mike Hoffman is still out there. He hasn't landed anywhere yet. Is he a guy that might be on the Islanders' radar? We've brought him up multiple times in the show. So even though it's gotten quiet, and I don't know about the everybody else out there, but you kind of just stop thinking about that stuff as far as them perhaps adding somebody else. But I think we're going to get some answers to that really quick once th- these announcements are made about the return. Because, look, these dominoes got to fall. Barzell's got to sign. And, you know, I hope not too many people are worrying about it out there. I mean, yes, it's been a while, and it's something you'd, you'd rather see, you know, completed by now. But... I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. The guy's going to sign. They've already moved some salary now with Johnny Boychuk. It's more a matter of time as opposed to if. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I think really what, again, like I said before, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be the fact that, you know, once they make that announcement and we have a more solid idea of when the season's going to start, you know, a solid start date, you know, a hard start date, then I think you're going to see a lot of pieces start to move, not just with the New York Islanders, but with a lot of different teams that have kind of been, you know, kind of in a, in a holding pattern while the league figures out what's happening for next season. And, yeah. and then, and then you start to see some dominoes fall. Uh, I, you know, I don't, I still can't imagine or can't envision the Islanders having the cap space, even with some financial wizardry from, from Lamorella. <laughs> I, I just don't imagine that they're going to go out and, and, you know, bring in a guy like Mike Hoffman, um, considering the cap crunch there are now considering the cap crunch could put them in next season and going forward. Um, because like you said, there are a few other guys that are going to be RFAs next year that yeah. you're going to have to pay, and it's it's going to make things a lot more complicated. Pelic for one, have. he's going to make some bank next year. Oh yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Yeah. Um. So that's you know that's something you got to worry about now and, and think going forward. But um. So I think that kind of it makes it tough for them to bring in a, in a Mike Hoffman or something like that. I think any sort of major upgrades, scoring wise or scoring wise or anything else, are going to come internally. Um, from the you know the limited prospect pool that the Islanders have, and um, down in Bridgeport, and obviously some of the more uh, key guys that that you would envision eventually taking a, a bigger role with the team. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's a hard sell to bring in a guy like Hoffman, even with the space, like you said, just because you look at the guys they already have locked up to five million plus contracts, and they're all either in at their thirties or just about to hit them. And it, right. you know, do you want to add another guy like that with that kind of term, especially one who isn't without his faults, like we've discussed in the show? So yes. it's tough to it's tough to make that commitment. But it, you know they're in such an interesting place because the prospect pool is 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 pretty barren <laughs> right now. Yeah, <laughs> and you have all these contracts committed to these older guys, and and so you know I don't envy envy Lou in the sense that not only does he have to try to you know get this win now team to the next level, but also you know, keep those future years in mind because, I mean, once if and when guys like Wallstrom and Bellows, you know, and, and, you know, Dobson, I guess, to a certain degree, graduate officially to this team, what's left? What's there? Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, and then obviously not having that many picks in, you know, the first two rounds the last couple of years doesn't help the situation either. So, yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll worry about that later. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I don't want to bring the show down, but yeah, but that's, (laughs) but you know, if we're being honest about the conversation, that's one of the things that has always kind of been, um, a bit of, I guess you could say a bit of a knock on, on Lou Lemerell and his his post New Jersey devils career. Mm -hmm. Um, and now, you know, the Islanders have kind of find them, find themselves in that, in that position. So, you know, We'll see what happens. Certain, but like you said, yeah, I'm not trying to bring the show down. I mean, that's <laughs> just being real, realistic. But yeah, but the reality of the situation is, you know, the the prospect pool is not as deep as it once was with the Islanders. Yeah, yeah, and that's not to discount some of the other guys they've picked up, Bodie Wild and stuff like that. We'll see no, what happens no, no. with those guys. But there's just there's you know beyond the names that we just just put out there, there's really no top blue chip prospects in the system right now outside of those guys. So we, we got to see what happens down the road. Maybe Luke can swing some deals in the off seasons, bring some more draft picks in, but that remains to be seen. We're not worried about that right now, but we did mention <laughs> Wallstrom's name and he was just called back from Europe. So it's getting more real. And we'll, I just want to focus on him briefly and maybe to a, a minor, minor extent bellows in that. I mean, and I think, I believe you actually discussed these guys on NYI hockey. Now recently, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but 
what are the chances of these guys actually breaking in and, and getting a spot, whether it's that third line spot or elsewhere? Yeah, I think I think this year of all years, I think they're they're actually probably in a, in a great spot because of the circumstances. Aside from just you know the talent level and the improvement that they had over the course of the AHL season, um, you know, with the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. So, uh, I, again, you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how camp plays out and if there are any other you know potential roster surprises that do end up becoming part of the conversation. But uh, you know, I think those guys are in as good a position as any to to have a chance at making that opening night roster and being out there. So, you know, Wallstrom started the year off with the Islanders last year. He got nine games, um, went back down to Bridgeport, got his legs under him, got got things kind of together. And at the end of the year, he certainly was starting to make a bit of waves. And Kiefer Bellows, obviously, you know, was called up during the during the course of the regular season. He yeah. scores two goals, um, you know, gets his first two NHL goals. And um, you know, looked pretty good out there for the Islanders. So I think those guys certainly are in a good spot to, to make the roster, at the very least one of them, because of the situation. Because, like I was saying before, the cap situation, the cap circumstances don't really give the Islanders much wiggle room to go out and bring in someone who um, can kind of upgrade their scoring in other aspects of the game. And, you know, you look at uh, Oliver Wallstrom and even Kiefer Bellows, you know, these are guys that have a bit more of a scoring pedigree. And, you know, you're kind of giving them that, that, that opportunity on the third line. Um, could go a long way, and it could go a long way to helping the Islanders and getting some more scoring on the board. Yeah, I'm looking forward to camp, buddy. I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys yeah. can do and see if there's been any growth and if there is any jockeying for these roster spots rather than kind of what you said before where there really aren't any other question marks, right? We kind of really yeah, know no, what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Which kind of makes things boring for us when you think about it. You, you, <laughs> a little you kinda, bit. You, as as a as a show, you want kind of that that drama and you know these different these different spots Indeed. competing for for different players competing for roster spots. Just not the case here. You really just have that third line, um, and then maybe maybe Barry Trotz re- rearranges one or two things in the, those top four line. Others uh, top four, you know the top six, and maybe you move a guy here and move a guy up or down. But sure, um, you know not much changes. I mean the personnel maybe gets swapped a little bit, but that's about it. Still the for the most part still the same players that were out there last you know, in September, that'll be out there come opening day. Indeed, sir. And to round things out on the aisles, the last bit of news is Holmstrom, and I hope I'm not butchering this guy's name too badly, Rajiniemi, both made their respect. That's pretty good. No, no, that's pretty good. Thanks, buddy. I might have to check with Doc Emmerich on that. (laughs) (laughs) Go um, to the pronunciation. Yes, exactly. But they both made their respective world junior teams, so that's good for them, exciting for for them and Islander fans, and hopefully that leads to some further development. Because, you know what, Holmstrom's a guy who still could be on the radar for the Islanders, one of those guys that may just take a couple more years. I believe he had some trouble with injuries back around the time when he was drafted. That might be why he fell uh, to, to a lower expected spot when, when maybe uh, prior to the injury, I think he was, he was looking at going higher. So he's a guy who still could, could be an offensive weapon for this team. So it's nice to see them make the, the junior teams, and, and hopefully that leads to uh, more production for them. Absolutely. There's no, you know, going and being able to represent your country and on, on the international stage, you know, that's a great development tool for those players and for those guys too. So, and I'm sure it'll be a great experience and it'll be fun to kind of see, um, you know, two guys that could have a potential future in the organization. So that it'll be, it'll be fun to watch those games play out. For sure. And I think that wraps us on the aisles. Anything else going on? I was going to say, Christian, what has been going on with NYI Hockey now? Why don't you tell our listeners uh, some of the stories you've been putting out there lately? What's the latest at nyihockeynow.com? Well, today is Monday, so um, whenever you hear this, it'll be past 6.30 on Monday evening. Um, <laughs> True. But the point I was getting at is our, our weekly off-the-record column is up and out. Uh, the great Jimmy Murphy with another great column. I'm not going to give anything away, but as always, if you're a hockey fan, if you're an Islander fan, um, you're going to want to go check it out. Of course, that's for our subscribers only. So if you want to help us out and support great New York Islanders coverage, you can just click Worth on the cost. subscribe. Worth the cost, ladies and gentlemen. Which I appreciate. That's very nice of you to say, Sean. Um, I have to. So you can go out and yeah, <laughs> I'm contractually <laughs> obligated to lie and say that. That's right. Um, so that's always a great column, always worth checking out, um, again, for subscribers only. So if you would like to subscribe, it's very easy. It's a tab up there on the top of the website. Give it a click and just throw your information there, and you'll be happy with the great content that we're going to be churning out, especially as we get closer to the season. 
Um, obviously, some spot news. It's been a little light with obviously nothing going on. Yeah. Um, but things will obviously be ramping up. Uh, you know, I had a story there a couple of days ago about the realignment and how tough it's going to be for the New York Islanders. It will not be an easy task, as we discussed earlier in the show. It will be. It will be. And, folks, we here at Hockey Night in New York are gearing up for that next season. This is pretty much, I don't know, we might sneak in another show between now and when training camp starts and when the season starts. We're obviously going to keep tabs on these announcements and where that goes. Obviously, everything is fluid. There hasn't been a lot of news, so we're going to just kind of feel that out as things come. But we do... You know what that means? What once does that they, mean? they once once they set a date, it, everything is just going to come flying out. It's going to be news, 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 and then we're just going to have not have enough time to talk about stuff. I think you you may be right about that <laughs> for sure. So that's why we got to stay on our toes, man. That's why we got to stay prepared here. In the it'll background. be months of nothing. It'll be months of nothing, and then bam, you're just smacked in the face with just chaos. Well, I think. We will all welcome that as, as a nice yeah. distraction from all the, the nonsense that's going on outside of the hockey world. It'll be great to get hockey back, get some news back, and just see exactly how this return to play is going to go. And we can start talking about training camp and potential lineups and see who's doing what and maybe some potential moves you never know. And obviously a Matt Barzell contract announcement, which obviously we will be on top of. But Christian, yes. unless you got anything else, pal, we can wrap this thing up. I do not. He does not, as expected. So, folks. <laughs> I feel like that was a very backhanded compliment. Or backhanded comment, not even a compliment. There's yeah. no compliment. You're 100% right. Whatever you just said is 100% right. So, folks, <laughs> want to thank you for tuning in to Hockey Night in New York. Remember, you can tune in live or for the archives at HockeyNightNY.com. Want to thank our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, great service, and amazing people. Check out the menu at BlueLineDeli.com. And a huge thanks, as always, to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800. Folks, we got some exciting stuff coming up here at Hockey Night in New York that's going to go along with this new season coming. We can't wait to share with you and let you guys know it is coming soon. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Keep it at HockeyNightNY.com and at Twitter at HockeyNightNY to get the latest news on the next show and everything coming next. Folks, we will see you next time. Take care.